is going on, guys? Your boy Elroy here, and welcome back to the Your Boy Elroy MMA podcast. But today we're not talking about MMA. We are going off the cuff, and I'd like to introduce my guest, someone who is gracious enough to give us some time here. My new friend, Hez. Hez, how you doing? I'm doing great, brother. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on Off the Cuff. I just, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> I get this a lot. It's Binkowitz. Binkowitz, okay. So yeah. I never put a face to the name until like recently because I've yeah. seen you for, I mean, I've I've seen you around since Bourbon Street, which we'll get into, but like I always saw Hez Parfums. I never saw your last name until I was in like, uh joey cannoli chat or something and i was yeah. like has binkowitz and then i'm like i like had this picture in my head and then when i finally saw you i'm like that looks about right <laughs> it looks like someone named yeah. has binkowitz that's a has binkowitz <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so yeah, has definitely, definitely named appropriately i think <laughs> for sure has it is great to finally talk to you it's great to meet you um Tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Hez Benkowitz? Where do you come from? Yeah, well, yeah, thanks for asking. I mean, um, it, it's uh, it's a pleasure to come on and, and share a little bit about myself. I'm from New Orleans. Um, that's, you know, the reason why my brand Hez Parfums is themed for New Orleans. Um, I have moved around a lot. I, I you know, I grew up, I, I was from New Orleans, but I grew up kind of moving around. I lived in Memphis, Tennessee for a while. Brooklyn, New York. I lived in Sacramento, California. A lot of moving around, but home was always New Orleans. That's where my heart is. That's where my comfort is. And really, that's where I started and raised my family uh, for the most part. So, um, you know, my journey in perfuming, uh, you know, started about six years ago. Um, and it just kind of corresponded with a time in my life where, uh, you know, I was, you um, I was kind of in need for some something more to grasp onto. I was going through some difficult times. My family and I actually had to leave New Orleans uh, around that time um, for you know some medical reasons and some some health issues in the family. Uh, so you know we came to Houston, Texas. That's where I am currently in Houston, Texas. Uh, but you know the the time that I'm you know that I'm away from New Orleans is. You know, it's uh, I'm homesick, to be honest with you. I mean, every day I think about it, it's, you know, it's not exactly ideal to be away from home, a place that you love. Uh, but in my own way, you know, by dedicating my fragrances to New Orleans and, you know, being able to connect with my home in that way, uh, you know, I still have that. And of course, Houston being not too far away from New Orleans, I have, I'm fortunate to still be able to go home and, and visit quite a bit. But so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the short version of uh, of myself and where I come from. Of course, there's uh, many other twists and turns. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So as someone who is a transplant, I am from Philly, obviously, and I live in North Carolina now, in Charlotte, to be exact, um, to go from there to here, you know, for the sake of building a family you know, I, I resonate with that and I respect you for that. You know what I mean? Especially like yeah. I, my daughter was born in Philly 
and mm -hmm. it was in 2019 and it got pretty you know dicey there in 2020 if you remember what was going on like at the beginning of the oh, year yeah. like we were in like the middle of like the riots and all that so um at the beginning of the year when all that stuff started happening we kind of chose you know hey let's let's figure out you know somewhere else to be and luckily enough you know mm -hmm. we had i had my brother here so so we moved here so that was awesome but this isn't about me this is about you has you say that your perfume line is dedicated to new orleans and we saw that with your first release bourbon street tell me the reason that you you know you said you started about six years ago in perfumery but i think bourbon street came out last year so so what was yeah that's correct yeah what was leading up to bourbon street <laughs> yeah so I, I well the short version was a bunch of terrible fragrances led up the bourbon tree <laughs> but that's what it takes of course to you know to build a skill and a craft so uh you know six years ago when i started this i was really just an entry-level hobbyist i have no background in perfuming i you know i do have a background in chemistry that's uh, my career i work in the oil industry you know i'm very involved with uh you know with that type of of uh, chemistry but not not from the perfuming uh end of it and uh you know so so when i got into it i was just like most people i was just a fragrance enthusiast and a hobbyist i was a collector i had you know i spent way too much money on bottles but you know i loved it i still do I still spend too much money on bottles. <laughs> Even when you make fragrances, you still spend too much money on fragrances. But um, but you know, I just really enjoy it. I mean, I, I love fragrances. I love the the way that it can you know really uh, affect your emotions and your mood. You know, as you go through the day, like it's a a great way of kind of allowing some control over your mood and you know being able to control your environment in a sense, you know, the pleasantness of it. So I really resonated with that. Uh, but, you know, as far as perfuming goes, I mean, I was really just interested in, in learning about it. It was more of an educational thing. You know, I, I had collected enough. I felt like I was knowledgeable enough. You know, I was in the fragrance community sharing, you know, my opinion, of course, like everyone else. And I felt like, you know, the only way to really know about, fragrances is to study the individual materials and to kind of learn a little bit about how they're blended so that was really what it began as just like kind of a hobby to experiment and you know build some appreciation and you know over the course of the years it, it just increased it became more and more of a passion of mine and you know you know going back to what i mentioned a moment ago when we had to relocate to houston and we we're going through some, you know, some personal challenges in our life. I found perfuming to just be incredibly therapeutic. And, you know, it really helped kind of reduce the stress and, you know, bring me back into the moment, I guess you could say, you know, not to worry about what could happen or what has happened, but just focus on what I'm doing and, you know, the scent and experiencing that, you know, more simple thing, you know, just to, to focus on. And uh, and I, I think from that point, it kind of became a more serious passion. It was more than just experimenting and learning, but it was more about, you know, actually trying to challenge myself to take it to a more serious level. What could I personally make that would 
you know, bring that kind of emotion out of another person the way that a really good fragrance does to me. So that was the challenge, like, okay, you know, I learned a little bit about the raw materials. I learned about some you know, of the skills of blending. I made, I was very fortunate to make some perfumer friends, you know, along the way. So I had resources at my disposal to reach out to. And, you know, it just seemed like, you know, the next step was to kind of see, okay, well, could I actually do that? Like, could I, you know, learn to become a serious perfumer? And, uh, you know, I would say that was about four, maybe three and a half years ago. So that's when I buckled down and really started, you know, like recording my formulas, taking it very serious, you know, testing things out. I started learning about the IFRA restrictions and, you know, all the, the, the regulatory stuff that is required, you know, for perfuming and safety. And, um, you know, it, it just it just took a while to really get to a point where I felt comfortable, you know, sharing it with other people, to be honest. So it took about three and a half years of testing and, you know, and maybe sharing it with my family and friends and getting their feedback, but not really feeling quite ready. So at the beginning, well, I would say the last, at the end of last year, you know, Bourbon Street was finalized. It was actually finalized early last year. I was wearing it for quite some time and I was sharing it with people for quite some time, but I wasn't, I wasn't confident. It was a confidence thing. I wasn't ready to, to put it out there. I was kind of intimidated. You know, I didn't have the, the resources to invest in fancy packaging. You know, I wasn't quite ready to go out and take a loan. I wasn't, you know, like all that stuff. So it's just hard to know like where to start, how to do it. So, you know, at the end of last year, I just said, you know what, like I kind of have built relationships in the community with people. I felt like I, you know, had come to know some people that had a platform of their own that seemed genuine enough to give it a fair chance. So that's what I, you know, I went, I got the best bottles that I could afford at the time. I printed out some labels, some paper labels, because that was the best I could do at the time. And I just started emailing these people or reaching them on Instagram or however I could reach them. I mean, I just started asking whoever, you know, possibly may be interested in the fragrance. Could I send you this? Could You know, I don't expect anything. I don't expect you to say anything. I don't even expect you to do the review. That was very clear in my messages that if you don't like the fragrance, I, you know, I completely understand if you don't want to do a video or whatever. I mean, you know, what could I ask for? You know what I mean? It was really yeah. such a new thing. So I sent it out and, you know, to my surprise, like it was really received very well. I mean, you know, I got amazing feedback and amazing support. And I mean, honestly, the the overwhelming love from the fragrance community it, it it can sweep you off your feet, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, I, I, uh, I, you know, from that point on, I would say my confidence boosted tremendously. And since then, I mean, you know, we, I started really in December of last year, didn't quite get out there until January. And, you know, here we are now and we have eight fragrances available on the website. And we have four new ones that will be released at the end of this month. So I really honestly, to you know, just to kind of, you know, bring it home. I mean, my, I wouldn't be doing this or I wouldn't be here 
if it wasn't for my involvement with the fragrance community. I started off as just a regular, a regular guy, you know, just collecting fragrances just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through the the contacts that I made in the fragrance community, I learned a, a new skill, you know, and, and I got supported to actually see that through. So it's really an amazing thing. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Like I, like you said, you are very active in the fragrance community. And I think that's what drew me to you as a, you know, as a perfumer, but, but mainly as a, as a content creator, like I look at your product as content for you the same way I'm trying to create, you know what I mean? And as a creative, basically, like I look at you and I see how, you know, you're out there. I see you in every live stream, you know what I mean? And it's not even, you're not like, Oh, try this. It's just, Hey guys, what's going on? You know what I mean? And I, and I really respected that about you when I, when I first uh, started seeing you pop up uh, just to be fair though, you brought up the bourbon street labels in the first like paper. I dug that style with like the street. Oh, nice. I, I dug that. Don't get me wrong. The new ones yeah. are great, but yeah. I liked at least the label. I liked the yeah. bottle was what it was, but the label was fire. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I mean, you know, I didn't know how it was going to be received. I did the best I could. I'm not a graphic designer by any means. And, yeah. uh, you know, but yeah, I really do appreciate that. Yeah. So where, um, let's get into that. Where did your relationship with, I believe it's M3, uh, mm-hmm. where did, where did that start? Yeah, it's a great question. I, um, so um, so I actually met M3 uh, through uh, Aromatics, you know, through Neeb. Neeb. Him and, and Neeb, they, they go back a long ways. They, you know, they work together for quite a while. Uh, M3 is a fantastic guy and he's an excellent uh, media producer, but he does way more than that. And, and a lot of people don't realize the extent that he's involved, not just with Hez Parfums, but in the fragrance community as a whole. He works with not with multiple fragrance houses. I'm, I'm just one of them. Um, but, you know, beyond making content, you know, just media or the videos that you see on our social media, he's also heavily involved with the creative part of, you know, the perfume as well. I mean, you know, we don't do anything at has Parfum. We work as a team, you know what I mean? So I don't just say, hey, Mateo, you know, I'm, I'm, releasing this fragrance you know make me some video it doesn't work that way we're partners you know so like you know i have an idea for fragrance you know and i and i run it past him he gives me his feedback you know and we work it out together and and you know what i'll say is mateo has added so much to his parfums and i think that anyone who has kind of been with me from the beginning will see you know how much myself and, and the brand have taken off since M3, you know, became part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when M3 came to me, honestly, I was kind of at a low point and almost ready to to to, to throw in the the towel on the on the whole thing. And I don't wanna, you know, go into any real drama, you know, from the community, but I got involved with somebody that really kind of put a lot of negativity into my head and really made me doubt myself quite a bit and uh by the time m3 came to me i mean i sales were down you know morale was down and i wasn't in any 
mood really to produce any more fragrances. I was just so like demoralized and, you know, and what I realized and, you know, and, and again, I don't want to bring up drama here. This isn't my intention here with saying this, but what I realized is that, in, you know, in any situation, you know, people have their own motives, their own, you know, reasons for saying things, for doing things. And they, it could start off very genuine and could turn sour over time, or it could be not genuine from the beginning, you know, and then it gets exposed either way. Things happen along the way. And when you're in a position like where I was at, you know, a few months ago, where I was really putting myself out there, you know, like it was a new thing. And, you know, I was kind of sensitive to what was going to happen. I expected some negative feedback. I mean, I am a new perfumer. But the things that I was being told were, you know, so harsh and and so negative that I really started to kind of believe it. And, you know, it fell apart. I basically, you know, figured out that it was time to remove that person from my life. But M3 reached out to me when, honestly, like right when I was about to to give it up. And, you know, it, the fact that he was so motivated and so positive on what I was up to, like he was a big fan. I didn't really know him that well. I mean, I kind of knew him from the community. I know, you know, I knew Neeb at that point a lot, a lot more because, of course, he has his own channel and, you know, we interact through his channel. But, you know, for M3, he was kind of like a new uh, acquaintance of mine. But, you know, he wasn't like he was just a fan at first. You know what I mean? Like he came to me just to basically compliment Bourbon Street. That was the only thing. He didn't come to me to work with me or anything like that. He came to me to tell me how much he enjoyed the fragrance. And through our conversations, you know, like I realized that, you know, he this is somebody that enjoys the fragrance. You know, there's other people that enjoy the fragrance. And he started, you know, offering to do things to help me, just one off things, just to help me boost myself back up. So we weren't officially working together, but he made a couple of videos for me, you know, and, you know, it was basically the extent of it. But I realized immediately when he made those videos that I wasn't in a bad position with the fragrance community, you know, like the way that I interpreted the whole situation was completely off. When you send out a fragrance, you're going to get a response one way or the other, good, bad, whatever. You're going to get a response, but you're only going to get a response for, you know, a, a, a day, a couple of days, depending on how many people are talking about it. Mm -hmm. And unless it makes a tremendous splash or unless you're a big fragrance house has the resources to continue pushing marketing, yeah, then it kind of fizzles, you know what I mean? And that's just the nature of it. So, you know, whenever he started making content, I seen all kinds of people that supported me in the be beginning coming back and, and, you know, really supporting again. And I realized that it wasn't anything what I thought. I just was in kind of a like a lull, I guess you could say, and I wasn't, I hadn't produced anything new for a little mm -hmm. while. Yeah, and uh, and that's all I needed to do is just get back to it. I mean, you know, I basically what I'm saying is I lost focus for about a month, and it affected me to the point where I almost lost everything because of it. 
And whenever, you know, M3 came, you know, it kind of helped me realize that it wasn't lost yet. I needed to, you know, to see it for what it was and also be more confident in what I was doing. So, uh, you know, when M3 started with me, I only had Bourbon Street. I only had that old bottle. And I will say thanks to him and his support and his contribution, you know, we have what we have today. So big shout out to M3. Much love to you, brother. Um, you know, I, I really don't have a, enough good things to say about him. I mean, he's just a great person. So big shout out to him. Yeah, he definitely deserves his flowers. And the work that he puts in, not only, like you said, in video, but just in, in a marketing aspect for you and the brand or you guys together, because you are one now. It's um, it's amazing. So yeah, has we so you released a whole new you know line this this summer, and I want to go through the line and kind of uh, real quick. You give me like a little snippet of what I should feel when I smell this particular fragrance. Um, you oh, can yeah. take your time. I know it probably sounds like a lot to you, but you've spent a lot of time with these scents, so I'm sure that you're going to do a great job. We'll start with Raspberry Electric. First of all, I love the name. Sounds great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Bottle's amazing. Yeah. But uh, what, so am, yeah. what should I feel when I smell Raspberry Electric? Yeah, so Raspberry Electric is going to be your more zesty, invigorating, kind of summer freshy. I mean, the, the it's inspired by a, a, a daiquiri also, which you're going to see. There's quite a, uh, a few daiquiri-inspired fragrances in our line. Uh, obviously daiquiris are a big thing in new orleans so it's a it's a big part of our line as well yeah. uh, but it's inspired by a daiquiri that's called the electric lemonade which is a pretty popular drink there and and the electric lemonade is uh, a lemonade daiquiri but it has like a sweet raspberry um, mixed into it so that's where the uh the uh electric i guess that in the booze um so anyways i, I really enjoyed that daiquiri it reminded me uh, you know, it reminds me so much of just a, a great summer day, like out in the heat, the temperature, like, you know, like we're experiencing right now, you know, in New Orleans, if we were going to go to the lake or something like that, if we're going to go do something outside where it's hot, uh, it's pretty likely that we're going to swing by the drive through daiquiri shop and, and grab something. So, uh, you know, an electric lemonade would certainly be a, a great option. And just like that, I mean, our fragrance, the raspberry electric was was based on that and meant for the same type of experience, you know, to a hot day, you're outside, you know, maybe you're at the, the lake, uh, the beach. Um, but, you know, you want something zesty, something that is you know, slightly sweet, slightly tart, uh, you know, it's going to give you that lemon, but not just lemon, you know, it's going to give you the, the tart sweetness from the raspberry as well. And then also, of course, the booziness from the daiquiri. So it's a very grown up freshy, you know, is what it is. It's a very grown up zesty uh, fragrance uh, for a good hot day. Beautiful. Plum confixture. Yeah. So Plum Confixture is uh, actually more of a it, it's it's uh, quite a contrast from Raspberry Electric. It's more of a comfort fragrance. It's definitely a more dense fragrance. Um, you know, it's meant more for the cooler weather. Um, you could, you know, get away with it in the summer, uh, but I wouldn't really recommend it for like a hot summer day necessarily, because 
Uh, plum Confiture does have the heavy plum, um, but it also um, has a, a pretty significant tobacco and honey accord, uh, which really, you know, is very nice in the cool weather because it it really grabs attention. You know, it's, it's an attention grabber, uh, but it does it in such a comforting way. It's not like such a, uh, it's not a harsh fragrance. It's an inviting fragrance. It's meant to make you feel at home or make you feel comforted just like, you know, you would in your own home. And for that reason, I actually dedicated that fragrance to my grandparents because, you know, the, the idea or the way that it, that I intended for it to make me feel was like I was back at home, going back to what I was saying previously about really being, you know, my inspiration personally for, for the fragrance line comes from me being homesick and, you know, uh, Plum Confixture was a way of really going home, not just to New Orleans, but going back to my childhood, going back to my grandparents' house, going back to the place that I was raised, you know, to feel that comfort. And that's how it makes me feel when I spray it. And that's really what I wanted for other people as well. So, yeah, it's going to be plum. It's going to be spice. It's going to be tobacco and honey on the front. There is oud in it. Um, but it's a very light oud and it's not animalic at all. I, I put it in there just to give it kind of that lived in feel, if that makes sense. So, you know, there's just an undertone of oud that gives it kind of an old house feel, um, but it's not at all, you know, an animalic oud or anything like that. So it really is just meant to be a comforting, inviting fragrance. Nice. So there's two specifically from your line that I feel like if you're dedicating your house and this specific line to New Orleans, these had to be it. So I've been to New Orleans one time and that was for a WrestleMania, uh, the most recent <laughs> one that they had there. And yeah. uh, yes, hand grenade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So hand grenade is, yeah, definitely probably the most recognizable or one of the most recognizable in our line. Um, because a lot of people, you know, when you go to New Orleans, the, one of the first things you probably notice are what are those big, tall, ugly green cup things that people are walking around carrying? And it's a hand grenade, of course. And, you know, just the, the fact that it's such a tall cup of uh of, of cocktail you know it makes you uh have to know what it tastes like and so i think pretty much everyone that's been to new orleans has at least seen the cups uh most people have tasted it uh, but what a hand grenade is is it's a melon cocktail essentially and uh you know it is a very popular drink in new orleans and i know that nowadays you can actually find it in other cities as well uh, but it's known as a, you know, as a New Orleans drink. And I really wanted to capture that one in the fragrance just because of how fun it is, you know. So it's also a summertime freshie, but it's meant to be more fun. It's meant to be less, you know, of the serious note, like like Raspberry Electric isn't necessarily a, a serious fragrance. Um, but it's meant, you know, for outdoors activities or something like that. Hand grenade is more for your hanging out type experience you know you're out maybe still outside having you know a good time but a more relaxed fun you know kind of experience like you would if you were just kind of lounging around or walking around you know drinking a hand grenade so hand grenade is melon and and it's more like a a, a cantaloupe uh, melon it's actually a mixture of cantaloupe and, and a honeydew 
but it's that type of melon and it's salt. And then we have, you know, uh, three different uh, <laughs> booze accords in there because, hey, it's New Orleans, right? So we have cognac, <laughs> rum, and gin. And then on top of that, we have Blonde Woods. And um, and um, there is a touch of uh, musk in there, which you'll see. Like most of my fragrances do have some kind of musk uh, base to it. But yeah, the, the, the uh, star of that fragrance, I would say on the top note is the melon and the salt. But um, but hand grenade has a fantastic dry down. And a lot of people have noticed that we've gotten a lot of compliments from the dry down on hand grenade. Absolutely. Yeah. And the other one that's synonymous with uh, New Orleans to me is Cafe Beignet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cafe Beignet is actually our number one seller now. Um, it used to be Bourbon Street, of course, you know, because, you know, it had a couple months ahead to uh, to gain traction. But uh, Cafe Beignet, I think, really took people by surprise. And I think it also kind of solidified my uh, my place in in this industry and, you know, in the fragrance community, because, you know, everyone uh, that smelled Bourbon Street, you know, they and everyone that appreciated it, that is you know, said, you know, great, he made a great fragrance. You know, we've had other people make great fragrances, but I think a lot of people were waiting to see like, okay, is he going to be able to make any more or is this like a one-off thing? You know, you don't really know what somebody's up to. I mean, they just come out with one fragrance, then, you know, they could have bought that from somebody else. They could have bought a formula. There's a a million different, you know, things that could have happened. So I think people were kind of just waiting to see who am I, you know, what am I really going to do? how creative am I really, you know, that type of thing. And Cafe Beignet and my, the way that I feel about it was it kind of, uh, you know, proved that I'm serious about this and that, you know, I am putting my creativity into it. I'm not taking anybody, nobody else is working on these formulas. You know, I mean, Mateo helps me with ideas, but when it comes to perfuming itself, you know, I'm the one that's actually doing that. I don't, I don't ask for help from anybody on that end, you know, other than maybe some technical advice from some people that are more experienced, but the formula themselves are original from myself. You know, I don't, I don't take formulas and twist them or do anything like that. We don't do clones. I just sit down with oils and figure out what I think smells right. And I record it and then I test it and I tweak it over and over again until it's acceptable is, is kind of the process. That's really what it is. So, yeah, I mean, Cafe Beignet, back to, to Cafe Beignet, I mean, I think that Cafe Beignet really kind of set, you know, set the expectation. Like Bourbon Street was like the introduction and then Cafe Beignet was like, oh, wait a second. You know, OK, this is also uh, pretty good. Now, you know, I'm, let's see what this guy's going to come up with, because ever since Cafe Beignet hit the market, I there's just been way like first Cafe Beignet started selling like crazy. And then we started seeing way more repeat orders from the people that ordered Cafe Beignet. It was like, you know, Bourbon Street, people bought Bourbon Street and maybe we didn't hear from them again. You know, some people loved it. Some people maybe, you know, it was good, but not something that like really moved them. But Cafe Beignet seemed to really move people like they bought it and then so many of those same people like not months later but like the next week came back and bought other fragrances which you know proves to us that you know cafe beignet really kind of 
you know, impress people more, more so than Bourbon Street even. So that's great. I mean, and Cafe Beignet, of course, is inspired by Cafe Du Monde, uh, which is already very popular in itself. So we had the advantage on that one because who doesn't know about Cafe Du Monde? But it is one of my favorite places in New Orleans. I have so many great memories there. And, you know, when we talk about like scent bringing you to places, you know, making you feel, uh, you know, or, or making you, you know, remember things and feel experiences that you had in the past. Cafe uh, Du Monde is definitely that place. And it was a goal of mine actually from years ago to be able to capture that in a fragrance. I've talked about it even longer than Bourbon Street. And I really didn't even attempt it until I got the confidence after releasing Bourbon Street because coffee fragrances are not really the easiest fragrance to pull off. It can be a very bitter note and it's not well received by everyone. So I really didn't know, you know, was it gonna be a hit or not? But, uh, you know, to my surprise, and <laughs> I think to a lot of people's surprise, it is a hit. So now we're having a hard time keeping it in stock, which is a good problem to have, you know? Yeah, it could be worse, right? You know what's crazy about <laughs> Cafe Dumont? Like you go to a lot of these big cities and like, like say if you were to go to Philly, some like if you get in a taxi or an uber oh where do you want to you know oh can you find me a good cheesesteak or whatever they'd be like i'll just go to pats or gino's and as someone who is from the city i would never tell anybody to go there Uh, but like cafe dumont was actually good like i went there and i was like oh this is good you know i'm sure there's some place that's better but like this is just fine like i don't need to go anywhere else yeah as a local, I'll I'll say that there is no better place when it comes to beignets. Oh, you nice. know, you may be. I love the coffee. I won't, you know, die on the hill that it's the best coffee in the world because I'm a coffee fan and I've you know had some really good coffee. But for sure, they got it with the beignets, and the coffee is really good. So I mean, to me, it's nostalgic. You know, I mean, it's it's again, it's just really represents home and that smell is you know you could put a blindfold over me and walk me past that place and i would tell you exactly where we were mm-hmm. so yeah nice so another one you already spoke about really the importance of this drink specifically but you have a uh, daiquiri original yeah yeah so daiquiri original is another daiquiri inspired one of course i wanted that to be the first daiquiri inspired fragrance that we released um, because um, it is so iconic to locals in New Orleans, um, you know, people that aren't from New Orleans, kind of like what you were just saying about a local, you know, rep- recommending something, you know, you may get a different recommendation from somebody that visited a place compared to somebody that actually lives there. So, you know, a lot of people that visit New Orleans would recommend things that they know from their visit, which are going to typically be things that they experience in the French Quarter. Um, But locals have, you know, other preferences because, you know, I mean, the French Quarter is fun, but you can only go so many times and you have other things going on. So for a local, a, a more popular drink, it you know, from a daiquiri perspective would come from the New Orleans original daiquiri shop. It's a company in New Orleans. It's a daiquiri, like a franchise. And they're so well known because they're everywhere. They're like literally on every corner. 
all throughout New Orleans, greater New Orleans, and well into the outskirts of Louisiana. So it's probably one of the most iconic daiquiri shops for people that live there. And their, you know, number one daiquiri is the 190 Octane, which is an orange Ford daiquiri. That's what it is. It's basically orange and booze. So, it, you know, to me, you know, it's a nostalgia thing again, because I, you know, I just have so many memories of ordering that drink, going places with that drink. It's really probably the number one thing I would order, to be honest, you know, if I were going. So that was why I wanted to start. The other thing is I wanted to name it Daiquiri Original as a tribute, not just to, you know, to the Daiquiri itself, but to the franchise that, you know, that really made it popular. They're, they're called New Orleans Original Daiquiri Shop. And their top Daiquiri is the 190 Octane. So we call our fragrance Daiquiri Original. Uh, you know, as a tribute to, to them and, you know, their popular drink. That's dope. Uh, we keep going down the line with Blue Bayou, which is probably my favorite name. Uh, like, <laughs> I really like Raspberry Electric, but Blue Bayou just sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Blue Bayou, another one I think that kind of took people by surprise, especially there's a, a couple of reasons for it. One, I think that you know, by the name Blue Bayou, the first thing that people saw was blue. And they probably immediately assumed they were getting a sweet blue, you know, maybe blue to Chanel type thing, or maybe, you know, something in that category, a Sauvage or something like that. Um, but of course, you know, my goal is to be original and unique and to actually represent, you know, things that you don't get to experience just anywhere. So, you know, I, I want a fragrance that stands out. And so, you know, to me, a blue fragrance is a versatile fragrance, an easy reach, something that you can wear year round, uh, you know, that you, you don't have to think too much about. So that was ultimately the goal. But at the same time, I didn't want it to be blue to Chanel. I didn't want it to be one of those things. So I made it a spicy marine basically is what I mean. And, and the idea was that it would be, you know, that it would have an herbal or, you know, veget vegetative type undertone to it so that you felt like you weren't just experienced marine type experience, but you were also getting, you know, like a swamp or something that's, you know, a little dirtier, I guess you could say. I mean, dirty may not be the right word. It's actually a very clean fragrance. But something that's not just clean marine, you know what I mean? It's actually going to have some, you know, extra herb, herbal, you know, notes in there that represents the swamp or the marshlands. So, you know, in Blue Bayou, you do have a spicy kind of top note. It's basil and it's uh, ginger. And then we also have nutmeg in there. So the combination between that gives it, you know, something like you would experience in the swamp, like a little tingle to the nose uh, along with that water, fresh water kind of smell. And, uh, and you know, the, the, the goal was just to represent the New Orleans wetlands, you know, the Louisiana wetlands. I mean, that's a, such a huge part of, of our culture and the culture of New Orleans that, you know, it just felt like it needed to be represented in some kind of way. So that's what Blue Bayou was. Um, we will 
you know, have other blue fragrances down the line. And, you know, they're, you know, they're not all going to be in this realm. But the main idea for us is that everything should be unique. You know, nothing should smell too similar to anything else that we produce or and definitely not similar to anything that somebody else produces. That's that's really what, you know, our goal is. So, you know, with each fragrance, I mean, you know, you can look at the name and you can assume some things, but, you know, go in with an open mind because it may not be exactly what you think, you know. It's going to represent the name, but if it says blue, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to smell like some other blue fragrance. If it says something like electric, it's not going to smell like some other fragrance that's called electric. They all have their own, you know, qualities. So, yeah, definitely uh, the name is an indicator, but but the full name, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, and then we'll uh, let's cover Big Easy Tropical because I saw Joe Anthony talking about this on his live earlier today. Oh yeah, yeah. Big Big Easy Tropical is a is a huge hit. I I think because of the season for one, it's perfect timing for tropical fragrance. It's so hot. Um, and, you know, tropical fragrances are kind of in right now. You see a lot of tropical fragrances being released. And honestly, I wasn't focused on that at all when I created Big Easy Tropical. It wasn't like I was looking out and saying, oh, everybody's creating tropical fragrances. I honestly didn't realize that so many other tropical fragrances were coming out. I probably would have thought about holding it, to be honest with you, but that's okay. I mean, you know, I just do what I do. I'm not worried about what other people do. And I, and I only wish success to other people. So, if I, you know, if they're doing great, then then good. But, but, you know, but to my surprise, it held its own amongst all of the tropical fragrances that were released in the past month or two. Um, so I'm really proud of it. I mean, you know, I think it's hard to get, uh, a fragrance noticed when it's literally being released with a bunch of other fragrances that aren't the same, but people may assume they're the same. You know, when you hear tropical, you may assume, okay, I already have a tropical fragrance. How many tropical fragrances do I need? Um, but there, it's not like that. I mean, I think most people that collect fragrances understand that, you know, uh, just because fragrances have similar notes or, or, or names similar, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that they're the similar fragrance. I mean, you could smell it can be drastically different. And in our case, I, I think we, you know, made the right decisions and we focused on the right inspiration for New Orleans. Uh, um, I'm sorry, for Big Easy Tropical in the sense that we weren't going for the standard, like typical lime and coconut type tropical. We wanted something that was actually representing the drink that it was inspired on which is not just lime and coconut, you know, the drink, the actual daiquiri that is called the Big Easy Tropical is a very tropical drink. It's passion fruit, it's, you know, mango, it's, you know, pineapple, it's those types of flavors. So um, there is coconut in it, but it's not an overly coconut, like, you know, it's not a very heavy coconut. The coconut's in there, but it's just all the other fruits and everything else that gives it that very tropical vibe. So, you know, I mean, you know, I, I try to stay true to the inspiration. I'm, I want it to be unique and I want it to pop, um, but I don't want to sacrifice, you know, the connection to what originally inspired it. So, you know, whenever I, I theme something after a drink or something like that, 
my goal is to try to get as close as possible to the actual flavor of that thing. So, you know, if you go to New Orleans and you order a, a big, easy tropical, um, you can expect that type of, of, of um, daiquiri. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, you know, again, I, I just really surprised that, um, that it got the reviews that it did amongst all of the other tropical fragrances. Cause honestly, there's some really great ones that came out this year. So for me, you know, it's not our number one seller, but it is a huge honor to be seen on list with, you know, with Coco Loco and, you know, the co coconut daiquiri. Those are tremendous fragrances. I mean, they're, you know, those are top tier fragrances. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a huge honor. I mean, you know what I mean? Like just to be named in, in a video along with those fragrances or, you know, to be mentioned, I mean, you know, a year ago, that was un unthinkable to me. So I see that as, you know, I don't have to be the best fragrance, but being in that list is amazing. You know, it's really on a big honor. Yeah. And then sell me on Bourbon Street. It's a re-release. Did anything change from the prior formula? No, not at all. Yeah, we kept Bourbon Street exactly what it was. There just didn't seem any reason to change it. Um, I do, you know, sometimes I get the little itch, like, oh, I just want to, I just want to mess with it. You know what I mean? I want to add something to it. I want to change it up a little bit. That's the perfumer in me. I mean, no formula ever feels 100% complete. You know what I mean? Because there's always like, it's just like when you, you know, when you're smelling something, it's your feelings towards it kind of change and develop over time. You know, you buy, buy a full bottle of a fragrance. You know, you absolutely love it when you buy it and then you wear it for a year and then, it, you know, you you kind of hope for the flanker in a sense. As a perfumer, you know what I mean? It's very tempting to get into the formula and just start making yourself some flank, you know, a flanker or something like that. But again, you know, my goal is not to do repeats or things that are similar to what I've already done. Um, there may come a time where we, you know, we re-release bourbon street and try to you know enhance it in some kind of way but it would have to be in a way that really represents still what it what it is currently and only enhances you know because we don't want to go down the reformulation thing where you know people are not satisfied or the whole new coke phenomenon you know where it's like oh yeah you love the previous one now I'll try it. And then they don't really like it that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I think it's important to stay true, keep it as it was. And that's what we did. I mean, we rebottled it, we relabeled it, uh, but it's the same fragrance that, uh, you know, that people purchase in the original packaging. Yeah. And like I said, I, I did like the old packaging, but the new packaging <laughs> is really, really nice. Uh, all of them. Thank you so much for taking us down that road. And, uh, explaining all your fragrances i love that um as an introduction to my audience you know from the from the horse's mouth himself has <laughs> has i yeah. got some uh some questions to close out and then uh thank you for your time thank you for your honesty and thank you for your vulnerability um as someone who is trying to get into like the you know content creation when it comes to fragrance um fragrance brings me confidence like that's mm -hmm. how I got into it. That's um, that's what I'm running with. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it, you know, this little bottle right here just makes me feel 
way better than I did without it. So um, hearing you talk about like the art of perfumery and stuff like that, and, you know, it bringing you confidence, especially like with the releases that you just had, like, I can only imagine the, you know, I've seen the outpouring towards you. So I hope that the, I hope that the next line is that much better with the newly gained confidence that you have. Yeah. But um, I, I just want to cover like some, is there any takes on perfumery that you have or the fragrance community as a whole, like any controversial takes? Um, I, I mean, I would, there's always controversy, you know, in any community, I would say that, you know, from my experience of being uh, a collector, you know, just a, you know, a regular viewer of, you know, videos of reviews and different things like that. And then kind of transitioning into the position that I'm in now where, you know, I'm dealing with reviewers in a, you know, more personal way or behind the scene. I wouldn't say more personal because, you know, we're not, it's not like we're going out to dinner or anything like that. I mean, but I, you know, I do contact them directly. We have conversations, you know, on email or something like that. Um, but what I've come to find is, you know, not everything is always what it seems. There's a lot of criticism. There's a lot of controversy. And unfortunately, there's a lot of, of hate and and you know and you know just misjudgment i would say um you know so you know some people want to you know belittle or downgrade certain reviewers because they haven't been doing this as long as other reviewers or and you know you have criticisms about people's motivations why they're in the fragrance community why they you know may want to make a review or different things like that so I, I think, you know, from my side, I mean, what I've come to learn, and like I said, is not not everything is exactly, you know, what is portrayed to be on these videos. Um, you know, some you don't need to be, you know, 20 years in the industry to review a fragrance. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here to say that, you know what I mean? There's different levels of expertise. There's different levels of understanding. When it comes to a review, everybody has their own opinion everybody has their own value that they add to the fragrance community if somebody started reviewing you know just a little while ago that doesn't mean that they don't have something to add that that's valuable if somebody has been reviewing for 20 years that also doesn't mean that they're adding something truly valuable you know what i mean so like pick pick the people that you trust and that you you know you accept guidance from pick them carefully and don't buy into things that are said about people in the community if you didn't witness it firsthand then take it with a grain of salt because there's just so much trolling and so much you know insecurity in the community that i mean you really can't just believe everything that you hear so I, you know, I, I want to end with a good note. Again, the fragrance community is a good community filled with very genuine and loving people. I, you know, I am a perfumer because of it, and because of that love and because of that support. But not everybody is going to be loving. Not everybody's going to be supporting. There are bad apples out there, and sometimes you may not recognize them right away. Sometimes they may, you know, pop up and reveal themselves later. But be genuine yourself, approach everyone genuinely, don't get involved with, you know, with the, the, the bad talk, 
it's just not worth it. You'll enjoy your experiences with fragrances and with the fragrance community so much more if you ignore that stuff. So that's kind of my take on it is that there's so much the fragrance community has to offer. Just don't get lost in the negative stuff. I agree, Hez. And then my final question to close out, if you had to name one perfume or fragrance that is your most important in your fragrance journey, not Hez Parfums related, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question, but I already have the answer to this. It would be uh, it would be Raspberry Mood. That's M Oud at the end. It's from Phoenicia Perfumes. Now, the reason why I say that, that it has a, a very special place in my heart. The reason for it is because, um, and you may have seen this in some of my previous interviews, but one of the a big a, somebody that was a big influence on me in my journey was the perfumer from Phoenicia Perfumes. His name is David Falsberg. And I met David from a giveaway, actually. So I won a giveaway. I was already doing, you know, perfuming as a hobby. And, you know, it was for this house that I didn't really know. And it was for a fragrance I didn't really know. I love Oud, so I was excited about it. And, you know, the perfumer reached out to me via email. And I don't, you know, it's just one of those, sometimes you just click with people, you know, kind of like, like you and I, like we, we really, you know, talk very well, click. It was like that with him also, you know, like it was so easy to talk to him. He's just such a regular, you know, down to earth guy. And he has a story. I encourage everyone, if you have time, please, you know, go support David Falsberg at Phoenicia Perfumes and check out his story because, you know, talking about, a tremendous backstory of somebody becoming a perfumer. He went through a lot and I don't want to go through his whole backstory here, but the man spent close to a year in the hospital fighting for his life and he lost his eyesight completely and still managed to keep his spirits up, regain his health, get back to it when he got out of the hospital and he's been, you know, fighting hard and, and doing great for years now. And such a tremendous person, such a tremendous soul. When I told him what I was doing with perfuming, he immediately encouraged me to go all in. I mean, I really probably would not have even considered it if he didn't put it the way that he did. So to this day, you know, I wear that fragrance from the giveaway. I've purchased other fragrances from him. He's fantastic. But when I wear that fragrance in particular, I mean, it, it brings me to that, to that special moment and to that special connection that I had, you know, that got me to this place. That's beautiful, Hez. And I would love to ask what's on the horizon for Hez Parfums, but I want to do a cliffhanger because I'd love to have you back. It's been oh, a yeah. pleasure talking to you, Hez. If you can hit everybody with uh, your social media platforms and where they can find you, and uh, we'll close this out. Yeah, thank you so much, brother. You can check us out at hesparfums.com. That's our website. We have some great sales going on right now, fantastic sales that are happening for the summer. You can also check us out on Instagram at hesparfums and Facebook at hesparfums. Hes, so, yeah. again. Oh, oh, don't let me forget about TikTok. 
also oh, yeah. has bar bars. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so a big much. One. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, yeah, I really appreciate you giving giving me the opportunity. Like I said, I I do an MMA podcast. I talk about wrestling from time to time, but um, my passion right now at the moment is uh, perfumery and fragrance. And I just want to, you know, scratch that itch a little bit by talking to some people who are passionate about it as well. And yeah. um, you being my first one is, is pretty uh, symbolic. So I thank you for that. And uh, I can't wait to talk to you again. Absolutely. Anytime, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is Josh Prepagina. You can find me on all forms of social media. Elroy Preps in one word. You can find the show on Instagram at the YBE MMA podcast, as well as Teespring, teespring.com slash stores slash YBE MMA podcast. If it's your birthday, happy birthday. Love your mothers. I love your mom. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>